0: And welcome to the Aggie Bowl Alley Cats Podcast. Where come Rain Shine or anything in between? We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside. Connor Balfazore. And that was more stressful than I wanted it to be. You can say that again. I was gonna do the bit, but I don't think I do it, It was a thirty-one to twenty-seven Wildcat victory in the Sunflower Showdown. <laughs> um Definitively, it was one of the games that we've ever had to play up against KU in history. Uh, I don't... Okay, first off, all credit in the world to KU fans for showing out in this game, being loud, being involved. Um, I'm not sorry that you got your hearts crushed uh, at all. That's just the nature of the game. But, you know, credit to them. They showed out for their team. Uh, KU ends up coming just short. And first off, I, I guess for, from the very beginning, it's, you know, Cole Ballard was a bit better than we thought he would be. But I feel like both sides are being a little bit reactionary here and saying, K State fans saying that, oh, wow, he, you know, he was this really great quarterback. And KU fans saying, oh, no, he's a third string walk on. Uh, he was fine. A lot of his deficiencies got covered up by scheme, which, you know, we said would happen, though we didn't expect it to happen the same way it did. But, yeah, Cole Ballard had a good game. Hats off to him.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, you and I have talked about this already. It's been talked about a little bit, but he was completely fine in one read situations. Uh, Anytime we were able to get them into third and long where he would have to go through multiple progressions and would have to operate out of structure, it was kind of a nightmare. And that's no surprise that's when he threw two interceptions Was situations where he wasn't necessarily within structure. Um, Especially that first one. The first one was just awful. And uh, he um, didn't do as much differently like like their game plan was almost was, was very similar i think what it would have been even if they had had jason bean and interestingly enough leipold did say that jason bean was available and cleared uh and they decided to go with cole ballard as a coaching decision instead of a health related one so i don't know take that how you will but the staff felt that they had a better chance to win with ballard than with bean
0: yeah i mean I think the, the game plan that they came out with was really clever because it was basically just a game of keep-away. <laughs> and to their credit, it worked out pretty well for a lot of the game, just playing that keep-away type of offense. Plus, with how Katalnyki's offense works, with how it generates motion and bad angles, the quarterback running game worked exceptionally well in a way that I'm not sure how you adjust for without multiple weeks. Because of how the motion just moves people out of position. If you run a speed option and one of the linebackers or a defensive back goes that way, sorry, you're out of the fit. Die. <laughs> and, you know, lo and behold, they did that. But, you know, it was really call, well-called game by KU. Uh, this game made me exceptionally nervous. I, I was inconsolable for a pretty good portion of this game. <laughs> I uh, was somewhat happy that I was watching it alone so no one witnessed it. But outside of KU specifically, K State, I think top to bottom, played an okay game. We definitely got a few lucky breaks, like the muffed punt, the pick six being dropped. But, you know, you take wins as they come, especially on the road in the Big 12 against a ranked squad.
1: Yeah. And but a few things go against us as well. Uh the fumble that got f- fumbled, 25 yards downfield. Uh, I was going to lose my mind after that. Uh and there there's a few other situations where things didn't really go exactly our way. But I mean we grinded out a victory. Uh and yeah, I was just an absolute wreck during this game. I enjoyed the first 90 seconds of it and everything afterwards, I was in a really bad place so i am glad that we came out on top because i may not have ever recovered if we had, if we had lost this
0: one yeah i enjoyed the first 90 seconds and the last 90 seconds because watching will howard try to extend a play to just run additional clock off was very funny
1: <laughs> yeah that was funny with hindsight it was not funny at the time for me i I was not comfortable even when Kleiman was on the field about to shake hands with Leipold with like 15 seconds left. (laughs)
0: You thought we were going to crystal ball it?
1: You never know man. (laughs) And so I I I wasn't even sure after the clock struck zero. I I was waiting for the other shoe to drop but um, luckily we made it through. Uh, Very ugly game. But a win is a win.
0: A win's a win's a win. So now we can go into the game day grade segment where we go through every single possession group, including coordinators, giving them a grade from F to A+. F meaning they near single-handedly lost us the game and A meaning they near single-handedly won us the game. Starting with the man under center in Will Howard. He was 13 for 24, 165, two touchdowns, one pick. Very, very lucky that it wasn't two. And he also added... A touchdown on the ground in 18 yards on the ground as well. This is another example of a Will Howard performance where I found myself whelmed with his performance because he didn't have this baller of a game that I really wanted him to have and some of that was because sometimes his receivers were getting held and it wasn't getting called and being fair, we were doing the same thing, so at least they were consistent it wasn't screwing one side over. But uh, Will just didn't adjust to that. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to get adjust to your receivers being held, but you, you have to know that happens. And if you see someone stacked up nearby, you have to be willing to just not try to force the ball, be willing to eat an in incompletion or try to run. And that was the. I think that was probably my biggest takeaway. Was I wish Will ran a little bit more. There were times in the game, not because Will Howard was bad, but because I thought that we could just give Ku a bit of their own medicine with the QB running game. I kind of wanted Avery in, but that's not something I'm going to hold against Will. I ended up giving him a B minus because it was it was a whelming performance for me.
1: I gave him a C. Um, I. Really liked the first drive from him, and beyond that, uh, it was very just fine. So I consider giving him a C-plus for that reason, um, because there were definitely times in this game where he was just not good at all. But he was mostly just kind of eh. And I think that maybe some more of the issues kind of fell on the play calling and uh, maybe how we were attacking KU. Um, I, I liked the idea of starting out with primarily passing, because I think that they were anticipating us starting out running. But I think we maybe stuck with it a little too long. We were a little slow to adjust there. But what was okay, um, I do agree I would have liked to have seen him take off and run a few more times. There were definitely a few occasions where he should have, and instead waited to throw down field. And that's a really hard line to walk as a quarterback, I get it. But... Uh, at this point in his career, he, he's, I'm going to scrutinize him more uh, for stuff like that because I know he's experienced enough to, uh, to handle that. So he, he got a C from me, but uh, definitely not his worst performance I've ever seen, just not his best.
0: God, no, it's not the worst performance we've ever seen from him. Um, now we got into the running backs, uh, DJ Giddens and Trayshawn Ward. DJ ended up going for 102 with a touchdown. Trayshawn 63, a long of 52 uh, on seven attempts. I gave them an A, and the only thing that would have been an A-plus was, I know this is technically on Will, but I expect DJ to, with how massive his hands are, to come down with the ball that's slightly behind him. It wasn't a great throw. I'll give him that. But, eh, to me... The, the running backs had an amazing game, and just because they didn't get an A+, plus doesn't mean they had they didn't have an amazing game. I just don't believe that the running backs were the reason we won. Exclusively. They were a large part of it, which is why I gave them an A, especially DJ in a, <laughs> his post-game interview. The only time I've heard that man laugh, <laughs> we were all a little too turnt. I was a little too turnt. <laughs> oh, I love DJ. <laughs>
1: I gave him an A as well. Uh, Trayshawn was just kind of fine. He had the one long run, which was great, but beyond that, he didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, then DJ was really good. He was very consistent, uh, which was good, uh, especially down uh, on the stretch. I would have liked to have seen him get maybe four or five more touches. Uh, granted, one of them was like a drop. Uh, not the best throw by Will there, although I think there's... I think going back and looking again, he was getting hit as he threw. So, there's a, that's part of it. But also, we've seen DJ make more difficult catches than that before. and We've seen him make more difficult catches while covered, and he was wide open. Uh, but there are plenty of blame to go around on that play, uh, so I won't linger on it too much. Uh, DJ getting a touchdown, obviously big. And he kind of went back to that role that he had last year uh, towards the end as the the, the closer uh, kind of, he was huge on that last drive. So, an A for the running backs for me. They were pretty good.
0: Yeah. Receivers outside of like three plays, they weren't really large. I mean, Jace Brown, I think, has proven himself to be probably the best, or at least most consistent receiver in the room thus far. Which, as a true freshman, is both really good and really bad for very different reasons. Um, especially on the first play of the game, Jace Brown dusting Kobe Bryant, which was very funny. (laughs) Um, But ended up not scoring a touchdown. Keegan Johnson scored a touchdown on two catches, and then Phillip Brooks had arguably the most important catch of the game. Uh, So all in all, this is another example of I'm all right with the performance. I gave him a B.
1: I gave him a C-plus for basically being slightly above average. Uh, Jaden Jackson did not have a catch, but he did draw at least one defensive penalty. I think
0: probably should have drawn two, but yeah. he definitely drew one. Yeah,
1: because there was one that was, I think it was it was I don't remember which one it was, but he was it just got absolutely manhandled by Kobe Bryant before the ball even left Will's hand, mm-hmm. and so uh, that that was a pretty obvious one. Um, and then yeah, Jace, I mean he's now in terms of yardage number three on the team this year in terms of receiving yards. He's been awesome uh, these last several games. He's uh, shown some great ability to run routes, uh, which that was his, his big skill coming in, and he's continued to do that. He loves him a post route. Will loves throwing him a post, and um, he was good. Um, beyond that, um, there were a few times where Phil maybe could have had a ball that it looked like he gave up on the route, uh, he still had the big catch, so I'm not going to ding him too much for that. But there were a few occasions where the effort wasn't always there. Um, and Keegan Johnson, of course, the touchdown is nice. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he, at the very least, is getting receptions now, is getting touchdowns now. Still not producing at the level I think we want him to, though.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, on, on the issue of Jace Brown, just always bet on the guy who can separate Above all else, choose the guy who can separate. tight ends fullbacks. Ben Sinnott. It's the Ben Sinnott story. (laughs) Uh, Four for 39. A single touchdown, but a very, very impressive jump in one of the gritty attempts ever afterwards.
1: I don't think... I've seen people call it a leg dab.
0: No, no, no. It was immediately after that. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, it was... It was not quite Mike Kasicki levels, but it was. We're we're reaching that territory, and honestly, I may ding him just for that. But, <laughs> but, again, another above average performance. But I felt like it could have been more. Credit to Ben Senate though. He was getting, he was getting his lunch money stolen every single time he was running a route. So I just ended up giving him a B plus.
1: I gave him a B. Um, his blocking was okay. There were a few times that he got blown up, but there were a few times that he made a big block. Uh, Swanson and Oakley um, played some, and they were okay. Uh, but yeah, Benson, um, on Will's interception, Benson had quite literally been tackled to the ground, and that went uncalled. It was still a bad read by Will. But, Don't misunderstand. Yeah. Should have been picked. Yeah, <laughs> But it uh, uh, probably should have not ended up counting because... Uh, ben was held and pulled to the ground, but uh, mm. he was still good. He has that touchdown early. That was through contact, and uh, yeah, on a day where he was where life was just really difficult for him, just because of all the holding and pass interference, he still managed to have an all right day. So a B for me.
0: Yeah. Offensive line. This one is one of two that well, one of two people playing that I kind of went up and down with because there were times that we were truly dominant on the offensive line of this game and there were other times where I'm like okay come on guys like you you have to do a little bit better than that and I know that there's going to be rep to rep inconsistency that's just the nature of the position but in a game that we should have manhandled KU the entire night because of how bad their defensive line is We just ended up handling them as opposed to dominating them. And, yeah, I know that affects. I shouldn't be grading them on, like, this unfair curve and unfair standard. I'm going to do it anyway. I gave them a B plus.
1: I was pretty pleased with the offensive line, especially in pass protection. Uh, Will was kept clean most of the night. Uh, KT got beat once uh, to the outside, and that resulted in a sack. Uh, but I gave them an A minus. Uh, I liked a lot of what they did, and once again, they uh, showed up when they needed to uh, at the end of the game uh, to help close out uh, with some big runs. Uh, that's something that we've been really good at the last couple of years. Is our offensive line has been really well conditioned, and they're they're ready uh, to to close out the game along with DJ Giddens, uh there at the end. And then, yeah, in pass protection, they were really good. Uh, I thought pretty much the entire night. I didn't have too many issues there. And, yeah, the run blocking definitely could have been better, though, at times. Uh, Treshawn was definitely struggling a a few times, I think, uh, with uh, finding separation while he was in. And some of that may have been due to blocking. Uh, But still a pretty solid night overall, though.
0: Yeah. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, starting with the defensive line. I know a lot of people look at the amount of rushing yards that KU got, 234 yards and three touchdowns. First off, not a lot of that is on the defensive line. A lot of that is on another position group we'll talk about very soon. The defensive line actually held their own for the most part. Uh, Of course, you would want them to make a few more splash plays than they actually made. And they did contribute to giving up 234 yards. But also, the other team has a Devin Neal on it, who's running Wildcat and motion that makes it impossible to properly fit. So, you know, you kind of have to grade a little bit of a curve, but I, the defensive line, I felt, did their job and did their job well enough. So I ended up giving them a B+.
1: I gave them a B+, as well. Uh, Khalid Duke had the, uh, the big sack. It ultimately did not matter because they got a first down on that set of downs. Uh, But otherwise, uh, the pressure was fairly decent. We got pretty good pressure on the late interception uh, that Ballard threw into the corner of the end zone. Uh, And then we got good pressure on the other uh, interception where Ballard was scrambling. Uh, So uh, when the defensive line did get pressure, it was very impactful. And uh, I thought generally they were good in that department. And then, yeah, I think that they did about all they could for uh defending the run because uh, KU is not a team that is going to be running up the middle uh into the um big heavies very often so then um, they they were able to do what they could in that department and because a lot of their scheme was to try and get to the outside and get our linebackers in space uh which again is I think something that we expected But overall, I liked how the defensive line performed despite KU averaging nearly six yards per carry. Not a lot of that was on the defensive line.
0: Yeah, you know who it was on, though? (laughs) That's the next position group, and that is linebackers. Now, if we were grading purely based on the first half, linebackers would have gotten an F because they're almost solely the reason why we were losing in the first half because they were... Very, very, very bad at filling gaps. And I don't want to pick on one player in particular because none of them were particularly great at it in the first half. But Austin Romaine had his perhaps his biggest game of growing pains that he's had this entire year. And KU knew it. So they they just kind of said, all right, kid, figure it out. Austin Romaine did not figure it out. Which sucks for him. He's a true freshman. That's going to happen. But, I say all this, knowing that they failed the first half, lo and behold, on a white steed, ready to save the day, was the hero we all should have been expecting. Bo Palmer. (laughs) Bo Palmer near single-handedly turned the linebacking room around in the second half. And he did so well that he elevated this linebacker room from an F to a C+. Plus. Because not only did he play better, Austin Moore and Desprennell seemed to play better around him. Maybe we should have just been expecting the Bo Palmer hero game from the outset. Maybe that's on us. I guess we should
1: have known he is the Kansas native between him and Bermain, So...
0: As, yeah, okay. the Missourian didn't get it, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah i guess that's probably what it was but yeah i gave the linebackers a c um again a lot of it was because of bo palmer austin moore had a better second half he had a uh tackle for loss at one point but yeah i remain not his best day um desmond pernell got put in some really difficult positions uh several times against the speed option where there just wasn't a right answer and uh Beyond that, there's not a lot to say about them other than they weren't very good uh, this game. They got exposed uh, by Katelmiki and uh, uh, the uh, variety of looks and formations and play calls that KU was throwing at them. And KU was daring our linebackers to figure out what they were doing. And more often than not, we were failing that task. Yeah, so... Uh, it was a rough day for the linebackers. They put it together when it mattered most, but still, um, a lot of the defensive struggles would probably stem from that room. So they got a C, and that's a generous C.
0: Yeah. Now we can talk about the defensive backs. Ku did end up getting 162 yards in the air. However, one of the 60 of those yards. We're on a complete bust in coverage slash Andy Katelnicki moment. Uh, They're interchangeable when you're playing KU. So outside of that, they routed just over, just a hair over 100 receiving yards and also ended up getting two interceptions. The interceptions, of course, coming from Kobe Savage and Marquis Siegel. Siegel finally caught one. Um, But I was impressed with the receiver's performance, or or the uh, defensive back's performance, especially given the general talent of the KU receiving room. I know it's against a backup third string quarterback who you know was told to run the ball a lot. I don't care. They ended up giving turning out like a solid A performance for me.
1: Yeah, I gave them an A minus. Uh, I was really pleased. Uh, the Fairchild uh, reception, I don't really put on uh, the defensive backs all that much. Uh, that's just a uh, Ketelnicki scheming something up, uh, and putting the per- putting in a sub athlete in a perfect position to look like an athlete. I mean, that was something we talked about in the preview. We knew that they were going to, at some point make either Fairchild or Casey, uh, look like a all American. And they did that with Fairchild on that play. And, um, I don't really put that too much on the DBs. Beyond that, the only other major play that was given up was an underthrow to Luke Grimm. And that's just tough luck, really. Uh, (laughs) That's unlucky. That could have happened to anybody. It was generally a really good day for the defensive backs. And yeah, it was uh, against a run-heavy attack. But they still did their job when they needed to. Tackling could have been a little better. BJ Payne had a couple of big misses uh in tackling but uh savage and Siegel were really good uh still had his moments as well uh all in all it was it was a pretty solid day for the dbs you can't complain too much given the uh passing game Uh, it was really just the run in general there's only so much a defensive back can do in the run so they got an a- all right
0: here's the toughie (laughs) The coordinators, starting with uh, Dr. Jekyll and Coach Klein here. <laughs> he has had a few stretches this year where I don't know what he's doing. And I'm not sure he does either. But it ultimately, every single time, except for once... It's balanced out with him redeeming himself with like two or three of the most brilliantly called drives you've ever seen. You got the lows in this game without the insane high, but I think the lack of insane high was because we didn't really need it. He called a on-the-aggregate fine game that peaked at good, but valid at icky (laughs) i gave him a c basically shrugging my shoulders didn't know which extreme to go for
1: i gave klein a d plus almost entirely because i'm at this point it's getting really frustrating the uh uh with how slow we've been to adjust to what is happening in the game Part of, I mean, Will should have adjusted a little quicker to them not calling defensive pass interference and holding, but that's also something where Colin Klein needs to see that as well. And he needs to be maybe moving away from the pass game uh, in that sense. Like, we threw 24 passes in this game, but DJ was doing pretty well on his own. Maybe we should have been going for more free access stuff as opposed to things up with the ball in danger with uh, receivers being held fairly often. So I wasn't super happy with how Klein called this game. He figured it out by the end, but it took too long again, uh, or longer than it should have, I'll say. So that that's where most of the bad grade comes from. This week is uh, Klein once again taking too long to
0: adjust to what's in front of him as opposed to what he prepared for. Yeah. And I, I, it's becoming a somewhat troubling theme in the games where we don't dominate the opponents, where we will have one or two drives where you, like, you can just kind of pencil it up. Like, all right, well, we may gain a first down here. We may not. Um, and I think that comes with him being still, you got to keep in mind this is his second year of being the official play caller. I don't think he did anything when he was the assistant OC. <laughs> but you deal with the growing pains, but that doesn't mean that they don't hurt. Someone that you, I typically have a little higher expectation for is Coach Klanderman. And in the first half, I was more than willing to hand out the, the exceedingly rare F- because he was getting completely and utterly clown-suited by Andy Katelnicki, which, being fair to Klanderman, that happens to a lot of people. <laughs> However, it should not happen to you when you faced them so many, like at this point two or three times before, with as much film as they had, granted with a third-string quarterback. And you shouldn't be as slow to adjust as you were. It is not an exaggeration to say that the first half of the game was the worst half of Joe Kleinerman's defensive coordinating career that comes to mind. I don't know what else contends. um, Other than, well, not even, I don't know, second half Alabama, but I think at that point we were just getting out-talented and there's nothing you can do about that. But lo and behold, okay, the first drive of the second half sucked. But (laughs) after that, I was perfectly fine with how he called the game and at that point we sort of figured it out and KU had a lot of issues scoring after that point funnily enough when you make adjustments they work but it was so insanely frustrating just watching a really good defensive coordinator get absolutely exposed for a half that said I gave him a C (laughs)
1: Yeah, after one half plus a drive, I was honestly ready for him to get tarmacked, <laughs> and I I was not in a good mental state in regards to Joe Clariman's performance after uh, a half plus a drive. Uh, so with the gift of hindsight, I do think a lot of that is because, well, we talked about in the preview episode. I really think KU hey, spent two weeks prepping for this game at least. And I think they've probably had some of their analysts uh, scheming and breaking down our film the entire season. And I think that – I i don't even say this isn't, like, a sense to make fun of them. I truly think in every sense of the word that they treated this as their Super Bowls a coaching staff. So I think we got even more than the kitchen sink in terms of what Katelniki could throw at us. We got a quarterback – Uh, Wildcat looks that we weren't used to With multiple running backs That we weren't normally seeing There's a chance that they Probably had like 20 unique calls for this game At least And there's only so much you can do As a defensive coordinator against that But you have to fall back to your basics At some point And we just weren't filling gaps when we needed to And we Just were completely lost this was a unit that we knew we were going to give up points to, but the defense shouldn't have looked as lost as it did for as long as it did. So I gave him a C minus only because we were able to finish strong. I I, I was going to go nuclear though <laughs>
0: after the first half. Yeah, because they only scored seven points in the second half, and it was on that first drive.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the final like. 28 minutes of game uh, from the defense was really good forced two turnovers uh, probably should have had another one earlier in the game but uh yeah it was uh, it was a rough game uh for the defense for a while but luckily they finally started to figure it out
0: yep so those are the grades in how you know 15 straight happened now we can give out the MVPs. This offensive MVP, I think, is... Well, actually, I think both MVPs are pretty obvious, but offense at least has a second running mate. I'm going to pick Jace Brown for offensive MVP.
1: I'm going with DJ Giddens for this one. Same guy I said in the preview. That's pretty much the only reason I'm saying it. But
0: I said him in the preview as well. But, of course, the... Uh, the real MVP, as we alluded to earlier, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, do want to give fair shout-outs to Keenan Garber for special teams play, as well as Ty Bowman, Marky Siegel, catching his first pick on the year. But, weirdly enough, how could it be anyone else than Bo Palmer?
1: <laughs> yeah, Bo Palmer, the lone uh, pass breakup of the day as well, Uh he was awesome in this game. I had a sack. I forgot that happened. Yep, And uh, it was just generally really good. And he was filling passing lanes when he needed to and was generally being a nuisance. And was the jumpstart that our linebacker core needed. Uh, because we're just so, so, so thin at Mike linebacker right now. That A guy like Bo Palmer stepping up uh, late into the year is just a godsend for this defense that's exactly what we needed so he gets mvp and a ton of roses so
0: yeah so now the general takeaways from the game given that you know we only have at minimum two games on the year left starting to sort of wind down we still have one more rivalry game left on the year but you know connor how does it feel knowing that there are now high school freshmen who have never seen the Kansas Jayhawks beat the Kansas state wildcats in football. It's kind of weird to think about.
1: Uh, Cause I mean, there was a point in my life where K State dropped three in a row uh, when I was like nine uh, in the Prince era. So, I mean, for a while, it, like wasn't really a sure thing when I was a kid, uh, but it, it is kind of easy to take it for granted until you put it into the context of things like the streak being able to drive to work in school or the streak being three years away from voting like uh trying about the the streak being able to
0: be adversely possessed (laughs) or something like that the streak its first presidency or the presidency that you know saw its beginning was the bush administration
1: yeah so (laughs) it's uh Kind of weird, kind of weird to think about. Um, and it is easy to take for granted, I think. But I think maybe the game last night with hindsight and with time to reflect is a good thing in the long run, because now we can look at it and see it as being something that can be taken away, something that we can lose. Uh, it's it's not infallible or like impossible to keep. Uh, maybe it's a bit of a wake up call. Uh, I'm not really sure, but that it, that was... I That one, the one last night had me feeling much more nervous than the one in 2018 ever did. Even in 2018 when we were trailing late. Maybe that's just because of the apathy of the 2018 season. I can't... Uh, that, that was just a rough year all around, but uh, no, it was a, a, a gutsy win uh, for us. And a night where we did not play anywhere close to our best football, and for one half plus a drive KU played near perfect football so it was a it's incredible win.
0: yeah all right so for the next five seven minutes we'll probably just be riffing before we actually conclude the episode or at least I will be I imagine you'll jump in as well uh where does this rank in terms of all-time twitter meltdowns (laughs) for both sides actually during and after the game (laughs)
1: during was a little less than i thought i would see from k-state i think there was a we kind of skipped all the stages of grief and went straight to acceptance from what i saw <laughs> i wasn't there um I, I was just in agony but uh, the meltdown from some parts of ku twitter after was um, of the likes i have never seen <laughs> in my entire life some people said new lows that i were unaware could even be attained this is this was definitely one of the more entertaining uh ku hate weeks of my lifetime probably the most entertaining since 2019 with less miles and who is k-state uh although i think that the side characters and <laughs> cult of personalities from this year's will live on uh for me. yeah well yeah, maybe maybe ultimately are more compelling characters than you know just Ku's head coach not really being super aware of what's going on. <laughs> but this was a this was kind of an all timer. Uh, I, I I think there there was some weird content that came out of this game as well. Uh, I think ultimately this is and maybe in Sunflower Showdown lore, this might just go down as the weird one because the KU fan reactions were kind of strange. The K-State fan reaction, I don't really think we know how to feel other than just be glad we survived for another year. Uh, The player reactions were funny. Uh, Some of the KU fan reactions were just...
0: Funny, but for a completely different reason.
1: (laughs) Some of them weren't funny. Some of them were genuinely concerning. And I... I don't really know what to make of, of this. If this is how this year went, I I don't even want to think about like this off season. I mean, because if there's one thing that this particular game did, it's maybe give the maybe give the Ku side of this rivalry a uh, dose of adrenaline. Uh, give give them a shot of energy that they seem to have been lacking for 15 years. I really hope that this jump-starts them into ending their kind of hibernation, uh, look down your noses, we're better than you, and go into genuine hatred. I have long said
0: that I have welcomed a good right, So, uh, just from, from my perspective, there are a few very entertaining things. Uh, ratioing someone who has, I think, upwards of... 20 to 30 of the amount of followers that I have was very funny. Uh, (laughs) uh, The all-time rant... We're not going to say names because if we're not going to send people anywhere else, you know, however our audience is. I have more faith in our audience than most podcasters do with their audience. But still, it's just good policy to not name names. But the absolute (laughs) legendary rants that we had after the game will probably sustain me for the next six months um anytime like well we're probably gonna lose to KU basketball in Allen Fieldhouse this year that because we always do but you know <laughs> if when I'm sad about that I'll just pull up that rant and say wow that's amazing I'll never be that pathetic in my life <laughs> um this one I can say, because he's on K-State's side.
1: You know, I don't think there's anything really stopping us from saying his name. I mean, I don't want to give him the power of keeping him anonymous. Plus, half the people listening to this know who it is. It's Bryson I mean, Stricker. Stricker. And we've long not been fans, I guess. I didn't
0: know who he was before this week.
1: I had seen him, and I just muted him. Back in realignment. like All the way back in like the original wave of realignment, I muted him.
0: Oh, he, oh no! I was, I was thinking of Mike Vernon, the uh, the KU to the Big Ten is imminent guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but, but I I got introduced to him because he had beef with Dy. <laughs> of all the people you're gonna pick to have beef with, you're gonna pick Dy. <laughs> God,
1: it was a really weird week,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> but I think we needed it. I, I think that I think that this was needed.
0: I don't worry, man. This this game was definitely a Stefan Diggs one.
1: Yeah, the Liberty Bowl also was, and the Sunflower Showdown last year also was. <sighs>
0: yeah, it was an all-time week. Just uh, if you can find Allison Renner's uh, calendar for the week that transpired before it, you you'll realize how weird the week was, but. Yeah, the next game we have, I it it's always entertaining rivalry week for Farmageddon. I challenge it to both not be and be as entertaining as the Sunflower Showdown week, but I hope it's entertaining for well, I kind of hope it's entertaining for different reasons.
1: Something tells me it's gonna be a little bit of a slower rivalry to begin with because i would say it's coming off a bit of a uh gut-wrenching loss where they kind of hung around to texas uh maybe had a good chance uh and then we're coming off of a uh, a week where we expended a lot of energy uh on twitter so I, I i think that maybe it'll be a bit more sleepy of a farm again this year uh but i i hope not i i, I hope that We can inject a lot of energy into it. I hope that we bully uh, Iowa State's AD uh, for not wanting to keep K-State-Iowa State State as a protected rivalry, because that seems to be the uh, prevailing narrative right now, is that uh, Iowa State's AD didn't want to keep K-State and Iowa State playing every year, which I do not understand at all. Uh, And also, we need to bully both Iowa State's AD and our own Gene Taylor into adopting farmageddon is the official name of the rivalry
0: fargo gene your move because he's he's definitely listening so yeah he's he may know who we are he probably doesn't but that, <laughs> that pretty much wraps up this episode of the aggie alley cats podcast thank you all so much for listening If you want to follow or contact the show, you can follow us just about anywhere at AggievilleACATS. If you want to email us, we're AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at ACEdward00. I am at ConorBoutstore, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville AlleyCats merch store. Link in our Twitter and podcast bios. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville AlleyCats podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.